hardest thing that you had to do was learning that you can't do everything by yourself. You need to surround yourself with people that are better than you, that are hungrier than you, that want you to guide them and lead them, and then you can be successful. So this is Power Lunch. We usually hang out with the most powerful people in the industry. We hang out for 15, 20 minutes because we know these folks are busy. And we usually just grab lunch together, grab a bite together and talk and just get to know them. And so today we have former CEO of uh, Jimmy John's, CEO of Wildcat Investments, CEO founder of Craveworthy Brands. I'm so excited to talk about that. Restaurant veteran for 25 years, Greg Majuski. Anything I missed there in the headline? What what did I miss? What would you add? Absolutely nothing. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I feel like it's like when he has 25 years, it's like, do you share it and give away your age? Or do you, now you have to share it because you've suffered 25 years in this industry. Which one is it? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, a, I'm 47. So I've been doing this and it's actually 26 years as of today. Jimmy John's your first big thing. I know you were very young when you joined an environment, a very competitive environment. How early was that in your career? That was my first job after wow. graduating college. How old were you? Uh, 21. And what was the job? I would love to hear that. What was the first job? I was hired in as an intern to work for Jimmy John's because the job that I was supposed to be going to, which was a forensic tax specialist for Arthur Anderson, told me to take the semester off and not start to January. And so not knowing and having to work my whole college career to put myself through school, I somehow, Jimmy got my resume and offered me an internship and the rest is sort of history. That is an incredible story. How does one become then the CEO? couple of days later so it was a little bit more than a couple days later but about three months after i started i was offered a controller position about three months after that i was cfo and about six months after that i was ceo and it came by working your butt off i mean when you were young and you were just in the industry the way to sort of make a name for yourself was to outwork and out hustle everybody else that's out there and that's putting in the hard work, going into the restaurants, learning the restaurant side and learning from the best people that you possibly can. And Jimmy was one of the best operators out there and getting to sort of see and learn and experience that firsthand and have his passion for his brand be so just energetic for you that you thought you could do anything and then being able to get that and do the same with the team that you were leading and just going nonstop. I mean, everybody at that company back in that day worked their butts off. You know, we did it because we had a shared vision of where we wanted to go. And we knew we could take down brands much, much bigger than we were. Wow. And you grew that 33 restaurant to 300. Like, how was that like? That's a huge delta between those two numbers. First thing you have to do is put in the systems and procedures and make sure your franchisees were making money. And that was something that we were lucky to have because our corporate stores were doing so well. So we threw out back then, which was unheard of, we published an earnings claim and took a full page ad in Nation's Restaurant News bragging about our sales, our food costs, and our labor. Nobody else could come close to those numbers. And when we did that, sales just sort of took off because we were showing that we were almost over double. We were probably two and a half times what Subway was doing back in the day. And why wouldn't you want to come and buy us at that point? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? And so from that point, it was just crazy. And it hasn't stopped for that brand. They continue to do it today. Going from CFO to CEO, is a that's not an easy muscle to flex. What was the hardest one and the one you're the most proud of a skill that you had to learn between those two jobs i never wanted to be a cfo <laughs> so i never wanted to be in the accounting field i learned that industry and learned that against your will well because i was good at it and because it gave me the best well-rounded education to be an entrepreneur 
And so when I was going through school and all that, my dad and my family kept telling me if I wanted to go into business for myself, you had to learn the numbers and be able to see the numbers and understand the numbers. And that was why I took that path. Magically, I was very, very good at it. And I can see numbers in a different way than most people can. And that sort of just sort of steamrolled that. But the hardest thing that you had to do was learning that you can't do everything by yourself. You can't lead an organization and expect to do every aspect of it by yourself. You need to surround yourself with people that are better than you, that are hungrier than you, that want you to guide them and lead them, and then you can be successful. That was the hardest thing to learn at that age, because at that age, I thought I could do everything. You know, I was a cocky son of a bitch that thought I couldn't be stopped. And it took me a while to actually learn that I needed to build a team that was unstoppable. The hardest time of my life was last year. You know, I was similar, like we raised a lot of capital, super cocky, until we had to do layoff and get smacked by the economy. And then growing up had to happen. And what I did was I went deep into the number. And the best thing I've ever done is become someone who looks at the company from the numbers. And it's been a huge game changer for me. And also it just makes me realize all the decisions I made before that were so off when you don't, when you're not really deeply rooted in the numbers. So are you making better decisions now, even at Craveworthy, because you have that, you know, finance background? Yeah, because I mean, everything drives back onto that. So not every restaurant is going to be a home run. Not every restaurant is going to work. It's knowing when to get out of them, knowing when to close them knowing when to move on and not being attached. So it's more than that. It's understanding that in this industry, especially the restaurant industry, you can't be so attached and in love with one spot that you can't gamble. Now that's hard for people that only have one store. What the hell do you do at that point? Well, not every restaurant is going to be a home run. And so how do you make it better? What do you do? You got to think of things differently. And the numbers help you drive that. You still own a couple of Jimmy John's. You still own nine of them. Is this true? Yep. Any reason? It holds a special place in your heart, it seems. Any other reason besides that? No, I'm. it was my first job. And no matter what, I can't let it go. Um, I love the brand. There's not a better sandwich out there in my eyes. And I don't want to compete with it. And this keeps me in tune to what I, and reminds me of where I came from all the time. And I'm very, very proud of that time of my life and what that brand has become. You already talked about all the things you learned from Jimmy. You also mentioned that a lot of your work ethic comes from your dad. How does a kid who just joins Jimmy John's is on this amazing pathway to just, you know, keep on moving up the ladder? Like that's a lot has happened there and a lot you brought to the table from home. What did you bring from home and from your dad? So, I mean, my dad started his company in 1976 and built it to what would be considered one of the largest job shops in the Illinois, if not America. And I mean, he did that. And I remember him not being home when I was a kid and going into work before I got up and coming home right when I was going to bed or coming home and going back to work. And I knew that he was always happy. Like it wasn't like he was going to work. He was passionate and loved what he did. He wasn't doing it because he needed to have the job. He was doing it because he loved what he did. And that sort of was what reminded me. And I took away from my dad more than anything was that you have to love what you do. The other thing that I took from my dad is that you have to have a heart and you have to lead with that. And you have to take care of your employees and it's okay to yell and be mad at them, but at the next moment, go back and make sure they're feeling good and go out of your way to help them when they need something. And my dad showed that day in and day out when he went into the, his job or his factory and that rubbed off on me. And I continue that principle is what guides me today is that you always should take care of your staff and always make them a focal point. And they don't have the luxuries you always have. So help them get there and make that your 
passion is to make them successful. You said you can't do it alone. You have to learn to hire people hungrier than you. How do you do that? I genuinely, personally would like to know, how do you convince people hungrier than you to come join you? I feel like if I can unlock that, I can build a massive business because we're still small enough or a lot is on me and not for good reasons. Uh, so how do you convince people hungry or more talented than you to come and join you and you know continue fighting for your vision? So when you create something and a culture in place that everybody's making money and being successful and going on to the next great thing in their lives, that just naturally happens. So if you're being authentic and always making sure that the people are your most important thing and you want them to be successful, then hungry people want to come to you because they see what you're doing for other people. The second that companies start talking about DEI and doing it and doing it just to do certain things and stuff like that, it, it's fake. And so the way not to be and the way to build it where people want to be lining up to come to work for you is to be authentic every day and just sort of lead with that. And that's hard for people because you get stringed. Oh, I got to do DEI now. Well, you should always be doing DEI. I mean, I was doing DEI before it was cool to be doing DEI. You know, so I mean, those are the things that you need to be striving for. And you've always done that. What's cool about you is that you're as passionate about what you do as anybody in the industry. And that's going to feed your team. It means a lot coming from you because I think I've always been enamored and impressed and wowed by you. Then I was doing research the last 24 hours and I'm like, shit, maybe we should postpone this interview. Like he shouldn't be interested. <laughs> he shouldn't sit down with me for another year or two. So it means a lot coming from you. No, I mean, and I, like I said, you are, I love surrounding myself by people that are passionate and you are that, Zach Oates is that, Jeff from Wabao is that, Sam and Josh are that. I mean, and surrounding yourself by people that have the same principles and desire, you all just get better. And that's what the, it's so great about this industry is that everybody should always be willing to help anyone else because we don't have any secrets. Let's make each other better. And that's what, why we connected right away. Absolutely. One of the things I'm enamored by is what you're building at Craveworthy. You just announced it this year. You already have seven incredible brands. I'm sure you have one more between yesterday and today's research. You're collecting these incredible brands. What are you building over there? What does these brands have in common? What's the vision there? I would love to hear from you. So I wanted to create a company that was different and a disruptor in the industry. I wanted to create a restaurant company like no other restaurant company that's ever been done before. And that's what I took from Jimmy John's. We were a disruptor in the industry. We change delivery sorry my lunch just got my lunch just got served because i was hanging out with you so hand sliced italian meats piled high for you to eat the italian nightclub only at jimmy john's so just sorry so, about that cameo so if we didn't run delivery the way we did and jimmy didn't push that third-party delivery would never have been a thing you know and you can say jimmy disrupted the industry that brand changed the course of the restaurant industry i want to do that again so that's what we're developing with Craveworthy, and we want to bring in brands that have white space and what i mean by white space is we want to have brands that are have room to grow or there's a king out there already that we can go ahead and pick on and second is a wonderful spot to be in this industry we want to give back to these emerging brands that can't do it themselves where the big brands could squash them we want to make sure that doesn't happen and we want to help them become the next great restaurant comes up and i mean so that's the idea behind Craveworthy. as of today we actually have 11 brands we're not announcing four of them 
um, that we announced later this summer over the course of the summer. But there are 11 brands under the portfolio as of today. I mean, they're incredible. If someone is like, okay, what's the difference between Wing It On and uh, Wingstop? And you've talked about this in the past. How are you describing the two? You know, I know why already, but I would love to hear from you on why bet on Wing It On. So Wing It On, for example, is no other wing concept on a national level or a chain has ever won the best wing sauce at the Buffalo Wing Competition. Last year, they won best medium sauce. So when I heard that and I met Matt and the passion and the excitement for it, I want food that's crave-worthy. And after trying their sauces and all this, the food is crave-worthy. And that's why those are the brands that I sort of bring into my portfolio as brands that I think the food is better than somebody else's. Wingstop is average. The food is good and it's getting it because there's no real major competitor out there. So there's somebody that comes in with a better product than theirs and puts them on notice with better sauces, better chicken, better everything. You're going to be able to take market share away from them because that isn't out there right now. And that's what Wing It On is. And that's why I loved it and wanted to be a part of it. Wow. Show me a team and we can see how great that company will be. Like, I would not bet against, first of all, not against you, but your leadership team is also incredible. You have people from McDonald's, Einstein Bros, First Watch. You have so many incredible people. You just have, Thiessen just joined your team. Is that true? Yep. And all, you guys already po- are posting pictures of deep meetings on LinkedIn. Like, tell, tell us about this team you're putting together. So, as I said, the most important thing that we do in this industry, if we're going to be successful, is create a team that is as hungry and believes in where you want to go. I'm very, very lucky that I that's something I'm very, very good at. I guess because I continue to get these incredible people that want to work for me and I continue to get incredible recommendations from people that used to work for me on people to hire and that doesn't happen if you weren't someone that advances people careers but we're going to build the best team in the restaurant industry and we're going to build people that are going to make sure that our franchisees and our employees are able to grow and succeed and get that return that they're all looking for and that's what we're driving. That's awesome. You just mentioned franchisees. I know you feel passionate about franchising you believe it's still the American dream. I grew up in Queens, New York. I came here as an immigrant. I started my job as a busboy at a burger joint. My father was a taxi driver, but my mom was a worker at a Dunkin'. The thing about Dunkin' Donuts in America were, especially on the East Coast, Bengalis all franchised them. So the mobility in the Bengali community and the Indian community is franchise and move up the ladder, the social ladder. So, you know, I believe so much in franchising just firsthand from my parents. Tell us about why you believe it's such a great thing for humans and why is it such an American dream. No other business model allows you to go into a proven system. So when you go out and you create a restaurant on your own and the first time you have the right recipes, you got to write procedures, you got to have the right marketing and everything else. Franchising gives you a proven system or supposedly a proven system that if you execute and follow your chance for success is greater than if you go and do it on your own. And to take that kind of risk and that capital and your own net savings and all your hard work that you've been saving for years and giving somebody $300,000 or 400 or 500 or today a million on some of these that get put away that money and go into that kind of debt and not go into franchising to me baffles me because here you get a head start on greatness. The system and all that is already done. Um, and the other part is, is that when you're looking for a franchise, I believe that the franchise org determines how successful you are. And that doesn't mean that it's a guarantee that if you come to Craveworthy, you're going to make and have the best store in the world. No, it depends on your work ethic and how you put the systems in place. But the best franchisors make every decision that in the eyes of the franchisee and makes those decisions on that if you're going to spend another 10 cents on meat or you're going to put another $5 a square foot into my build-out cost, what is that going to do for me? And the best franchisors look at all those costs and want to make sure that the 
franchisees are going to get a return on any dollar you spend so they make their money because if you create raving fans in your franchise community they're going to go ahead and continue to build stores and then the franchise war is going to be more and more successful so why take all these raises or kickbacks or rebates that franchise wars do why continue to pile those in yes it's a money stream it's revenue it's wonderful and you got everyone takes some but why take more and more when you can make your franchisees more and more successful and then what are they going to do they're going to buy another store and if they buy that another store you make way more money than you do on the rebate so why wouldn't you do all in for them you know i believe you like you know if someone else i'd be like i'd call secretly bullshit like you know that franchising is the american dream but you approve a lot of single unit franchisees when you're at jimmy johns that's not normal like people don't love doing that because get someone who can open five less headache one neck to choke but you are approving a family you are approving a single unit owner you are helping people find social mobility so you really you know put that out there but that's more work and you'll tell you that's a little bit more work it's a lot more work but it's also they're going to go in and they're going to be the harder worker so they're going to go in and they know they're putting everything on the line they're going to do everything you're asking for them to be successful they're going to be in there night and day and build that fortune and when they start hitting they're going to line up to do the next one and you're going to want to give that guy the second store because he just proved that he kicked ass for you in the first store and then you're going to go and continue and continue and continue now does that mean that you don't sell them off the units absolutely you sell them but you want to give those people the opportunity i mean we have a program for all of my brands so craveworthy has a program if you come in and you're in the management team of a restaurant for 3 years i go ahead and waive all royalties for the first 2 years up to $300,000 because I want you to be successful. So if you come and work for me as a manager, we train you, we get you to buy in, we teach you how to operate. We then go ahead and put this kid or this individual into a store and now he's got this knowing that the first 2 years he doesn't pay royalty. He can pay down his bank debt and everything else so much faster. Just use that 6% or 5%, pay off the bank instantly, you know, and then I'm setting them up to win. And that's something I want to do. I want to give back. We said all the time and Jimmy said it all the time and it's something that stuck with me. I want to create millionaires, you know? And that is my job from what I do. I want my team to become millionaires. and this is a way for that i'm able to kickstart people to help them you know and so now as we've announced this i got all these managers lining up wanting to buy stores they're all giddy about it oh i can't wait to do this cuz they can now afford to do it go to a bank and tell them oh my franchise award is not going to pay make me pay anything for the first 2 years and that all goes to you how much easier is it to get financing wow I mean that should get so much more love that is better than anything Chipotle or Starbucks has put together combined that is intense amount of you know ownership building and building a generational wealth for a lot of people that might not never be a uh, owner of a great brand like one of the Craveworthy brands so I think that's incredible so and just again it's something that's I'm really really passionate about I want that to happen and and franchising is a big strategy for Craveworthy itself right for you like you you want to be a great franchisor what else are you doing besides what you just mentioned which I think is incredible to attract franchisees being ourselves i mean and that's really it we have to be authentic to ourselves it may not go as fast as we'd like it to go every day but if we continue to be ourselves and treat the people around us right then our franchisees are going to continue to line up so we announced but long side of franchising april 15th in the first month we got 1200 leads no um, i did not a new brand uh-huh. 1200 leads so, 1200 leads wow. in the first four weeks Wow. So I mean it's just the excitement's there we're doing it right and we have an incredible team to take care of them and with Jeremy coming out now and everybody else that we're bringing in the team's world class and our franchisees will be taken care of in a world class way. Wow. 
you brought the word authentic a couple of times, but authentic has a price. It's not easy being authentic uh, or being yourself or, or being direct or being honest. You know, I read that you want to sit down with Elon Musk. You know, he reminds me of someone who's very painfully himself. And what that does is it has a lot of benefits, but it's also hard. It's hard being a leader, a leader that doesn't say yes to everything and has core values that they stick to. And pressures being a leader, you go everywhere, the wind blows. Hey, we have to do DEI, we have to do ERG, we have to do this, we have to do that. Because it takes a lot of courage to be a leader. Where do you find the courage? to be the leader you are because it t does take a lot of courage. You rest on the values that you were raised with and what you believe in and don't deter from what that is. And I mean, one of my biggest things that gets me in trouble sometimes is that I'm too blunt and but I don't know another way to be and that's the way I am and I'm not going to change because it's who I am. And so continue to be yourself and the way you are and continue to lead the way that you believe in. And again, you're always going to do it for the right reasons. And if you believe those reasons and the people that you surround yourself around believe in you, they'll believe in those things. So you don't have to go and jump on every shiny thing that sort of hits the market today or every hot new thing. If you're doing your values and carrying them, you're already doing most of those things, if not all of them. So none of those things should ever change the way a company is. Um, and, you know, so when that's what I've always believed in, you know, if you just treat people the way you want to be treated, then you're taking care of everybody every day. And I, it blows my mind right now that you hear all these companies and all these other things trying to go after one segment or the other, just take care of everybody and, you know, be loving and caring towards everyone and magically every good things happen, but you can't fake it. And when, especially in today's world, if you fake it or you put out something just because it's some month or some hot new trend word and you just do it for that, the generation that's now the young generation instantly knows you're bullshit. You can smell it. Yep. And yeah. so it's just better to not say anything and just lead continually the way you always did. And magically, people will believe in you at that point. You know, I've had so many of these conversations. This was a pleasure, an honor to sit down with you. It was going to be an honor and a pleasure to sit down with you before this conversation. But just having this with you, you just always having such great core values. It's, it really is inspiring, right? Uh, I, you know, I, I came from the restaurant world as well. And, you know, seeing you is like, oh, okay, I, there's a lot I can emulate from him. So that's one of the things I'll take away, which is I need to bother Greg more and learn from him more because <laughs> um, you're doing some incredible things. You're doing it your way and you're building an incredible portfolio of companies with Craveworthy. Uh, you've already done incredible things with Jimmy John. So uh, I'm so happy the industry has it. And I'm so happy Jeff invites me to dinners where I can hang out with you for a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm glad I got to know you and I'm thrilled to see what you guys do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.